Rome once fell, and all great civilizations do. Is America falling? Could we be doing more? Some say it's because we have stopped focusing on learning and understanding what it means to be a good citizen. That's what this podcast is all about. If civics is dead, what happens next? Welcome to Civics is Dead. I'm Cindy Schwartz. Let's review. In past episodes, we've told the story about how the teaching of social studies and civics has declined since the implementation of the No Child Left Behind Act, which was passed by Congress in 2001 during the presidency of George W. Bush. The push to even the playing field between high-performing and underperforming schools throughout the United States was the impetus for No Child Left Behind. And the goal was to enable more students to reach proficiency and beyond in the math and English language arts subjects. The No Child Left Behind Act resulted in the tying of standardized testing to federal funding for schools for the very first time. Math scores increased initially and nationally after NCLB was passed. English language arts scores increased somewhat and then eventually leveled in grade four while somewhat ticking upward over time in grade eight. The fallout though was a decline in teaching other subjects like the humanities, social studies, history, and civics. Additionally, many teachers, parents, and students experienced an overzealous focus on testing that caused increased stress for all involved. For some schools and some teachers, teaching to the test became a grave concern. Across the world, standardized testing has become such a crucial part of education that parents are scaling buildings and climbing through windows to help their children succeed. Those are the words of Megan Cortez from a recent EdTech article on the impact of standardized testing in our country. Our concern here on Civics is Dead is not only the toll this testing has taken on students' mental and physical health, but also on our students' knowledge of American history, the fundamentals of the structure of our government, and the importance of valuing democracy. As these concepts and facts are not being reinforced on a consistent basis due to the decrease in classroom hours in social studies teaching, history teaching, and civics, this has caused our students to know and understand less and less of our past. Our previous episodes have cited this lack of knowledge. In today's episode, we zoom in on the results of the 2018 Brown Center Report on American Education, put out by the Brookings Institute, in an effort to fix the problem. Considered one of the prime nonpartisan litmus test reports on the state of education in our country, we feel confident in citing its results, implications, and advice in moving forward to address the issue of the future of civics education and social studies teaching in America. The 2018 report is divided into three chapters. The first chapter examines the results of the nation's report card called the NAEP. Now, the NAEP is the only assessment that measures what students know in the United States of America. And it is really the golden standard of assessments. 
It assesses knowledge of kids in various subjects across the nation, in states, and in some urban districts. It has provided this information since 1969. NAEP is a congressionally mandated project administered by the National Center for Education Statistics within the U.S. Department of Education and the Institute of Education Sciences. So it is really the real deal in terms of assessments. We can trust it. The NAEP is given to a representative sampling of students across the country. And in 2015, the NAEP was given the authority to continue assessing students until 2024, at which time they will apply to further their mandate. They test kids usually from October through May, and that is their parameter. Chapter 2 on this report that we are highlighting today examines the state policies and standards for curriculum as related to civics education. And we'll also look today at Chapter 3, which looks at the state of our nation's social studies teachers themselves. We will focus on Chapters 1 and 2 today. So, let's open the pages of this 2018 Brown Center report and see how we can begin to fix the problem. How can social studies and civics education become more relevant to children's lives? You're listening to a podcast from LIU Studios. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to this show on your podcast app of choice. For more of our programs or to support LIU Studios, visit wcwp.org. Before we discuss how schools in our country can fix the problem of decreasing number of social studies and civics classes in the country. Let's just take a look for a moment at a national schools and staffing survey that came out. Between 1987 and 2004, in grades one through four, we find that the teaching of English dominates. In 2004, teachers of grades one to four provided 11.6 hours of English per week Math received 5.4 hours, and social studies 2.5 hours per week. If we are to have an educated citizenry, then we need to educate our children more in the history of this country. Now let's talk about how and when civics is taught today. In 2018, we find these statistics. Most states utilize classroom instruction, discussion of current events, and news media literacy when they talk about social studies. But I do need to note with you that 42 states and Washington, D.C. require at least one course related to civics education for graduation. Most states require two or three of civics-related courses for high school graduation. But it doesn't mean that because these classes are being offered, that they are being taught as well as they could be. And what the Brown Report has recently found is that every state uses discussion of current events, but fewer states incorporate what we know as participatory elements of learning or community engagement into their standards and curriculum. Interesting. 
So in other words, it is top-heavy on information, but the students are not really participating in actually practicing democracy in their schools. For example, in mock trials or debates or panel discussions, and they're certainly not engaged in their community in a democratic way as much as they could be outside of the classroom, the Brown Report is telling us. The report also tells us that 26 states and Washington, D.C., just over half, mention simulations of democratic processes or procedures that they do in their classrooms. So just over half are actually having the students engage in some sort of simulation of an event. For example, they could simulate the debate over the impeachment of Andrew Johnson after the Civil War. But there are so many states, almost half of them, that are not doing this as well. Very important for students to actively act out the democratic process to not only remember the event, but to understand that democracy takes time and patience and compromise. Only 11 states include service learning, not good for the future of a democratic society. A high-quality civics education would enable students to participate in democracy and engage in their communities. That is what we want. A few more statistics to really drive this home, that we need more participatory work in our classrooms to make social studies count. Students report, according to the Brown Report, that they regularly engage in current events discussions. Oh, that's a good thing. Over 63% of 12th graders report discussing current events on a weekly basis. Only 24% of students, though, report taking part in debates or panel discussions on a weekly basis. And 31%, almost a third, report never participating in debates or panel discussions. That saddens me so much also as a former history teacher loving the classes when we did mock trials and debates on issues from whether or not we should build the Panama Canal, should we enter World War I, should we adopt an Equal Rights Amendment, so important for students to participate in the process that we feel as a country we are blessed with in terms of democracy. Couple more statistics. 56% report never taking part in role playing or dramas. That's so important for students to be able to act out the roles of the people they're studying and to have other students watch and comment on that. Of course, you need a safe space, a safe environment, but students remember what they actually experience. 70%, the majority of students have never written a letter to give an opinion or help solve a problem. And so from this report, and I quote, they say, it appears that civics education today still occurs for many, if not most students, through discussion rather than participation. So it's not enough, the report is telling us, to create citizens that are active and involved in the democratic process by just having discussion or top-down discussion and teaching methods in the classroom. Students need to be physically 
emotionally and mentally involved in the information. We don't want it to just be knowledge heavy. So you must be engaged and be a participant in the democratic process to be an informed democratic citizen. That's the goal. The Brown Report, in that first chapter, remember, tells us about the nation's report card. And as we've been saying, it talks to us about how students are doing. And what we're hearing is that they are not participating in the democratic process. They are learning an awful lot of knowledge and facts, but they are not participating enough for it to really resonate and stay with them. Only nine states in the District of Columbia require one full year of United States government or civics. 30 states require a half year. 11 states have no civics requirement at all. Wow. So, we are concerned. Very concerned. Now, Chapter 2 of this Brown Report talks to us about what states are doing in terms of, again, these requirements, which is what we are alluding to. And on the outset, it appears as a result of this that most states are, again, including in their standards that there be discussion and fact-building and knowledge. But again, what they're all claiming is that there is a lack of participatory and community engagement for students. And in that case, we are not truly preparing our students to be active members of our democracy. Now, the report is optimistic, though, in one light. Lots of researchers and practitioners are continuing to create resources to help teachers teach students how to participate in their communities, in the political process, and in the civic life of the United States as a whole. Interactive and participatory practices, although not universal among states, have been introduced, and maybe the hope is through revisions and updates, more will be adopted. Remember, the focus of today's episode is to really fix the problem. So I think it's important that we take a moment now and really answer this question What are the components of a high quality civics education? So if a district wants very much to make civics and social studies and history truly important again, what do they need to do? Well, we know that the Brown Report talks about what are called 10 proven practices that ensure a high-quality civics education. So I'm going to read through these 10 and uh, love you to think about them. And if you are an educator or if you are an administrator, or even if you're a student, think about if these practices could come to your school, and if they are at your school, kudos to you. So here we go. Number one, classroom instruction in civics government, history, law, economics, and geography. That's a mainstay. You have to have that to have a good quality civics education. So you need the knowledge-based facts in history, law, economics, geography. We need that. Number two, a discussion of current events that absolutely has to be present in a high-quality civics education program. And as we said, most schools are doing that. They are absolutely doing that, over half. Service learning. This is the place where people are weakest. 
We need to make sure that our students are out in the community and being involved in doing activities that help encourage them understand how community works and to pay it forward. Number four, extracurricular activities. There's nothing like teamwork that also helps students to understand the democratic process and that majority rules. Number five, student participation in school governance. Vitally important. Having students participate in how rules are made and what happens if rules are broken. Schools need to consider, the report says, having students involved in this process. Number six, simulations of democratic processes and procedures. Again, as we said in the classroom, mock trials, debates, panel discussions, drama, even art projects, collaborative work. Teachers, students, administration need to encourage this so that students can participate in the story of American history. Act it out. Be the story and you will remember it and you'll have great honor and value for what's happened. Number seven, news media literacy. Schools are doing fairly well in this department with media and the literacy surrounding new media forms. Number eight, action civics, which again is related to more active community involvement. Number nine, social emotional learning. Very important to address that in our students as well, and certainly because education is essentially a state responsibility. Each state can decide what that exactly means, social emotional learning. Certainly, we need safe spaces for students and good guidance and good support. And number 10, finally, school climate reform. What is the climate of your school? How safe a space is that, as we've discussed? And how willing is administration and teachers to change the system they have to make it a better system. And so quite honestly, to have the best civic education that you could have, you need to have civic knowledge, you need to have civic skills, and you need to encourage civic disposition, which is really students need to understand the attitudes important in a democracy, such as a sense of self, civic duty, and concern for the welfare of others. If a school follows the 10 proven practices, that this report states, you're on your way to bringing back civics education, social studies, and you're bringing back the way to make students better citizens in our democracy. Next time, we will continue focusing on fixing the problem in teaching civics education by exploring the state of social studies teaching today and what it takes to be an awesome social studies teacher. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to Civics is Dead on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice, or visit wcwp.org slash civics is dead. I wish you a beautiful day and great peace in your life.